Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr. I would like to welcome you to the 98th episode of the Black Ink Podcast, which is brought to you today in the Black Ink Studio. How beautiful is that, as it always has been. I hope you're well, ladies and gentlemen, as you're listening to this, wherever you may be. Don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. If you're listening and watching on YouTube, if you're on Spotify, make sure you follow me or like me or whatever you do. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to me. Look, it just means that you get updated every time there's a new podcast. And on top of that, it helps me out a little bit growing my my uh, fan base, I guess you can call it, or my listeners, which really is encouraging because I've, I've, I mean, I've been doing podcasts for over a year and I've only just cracked the 100 subscriber mark on YouTube. So if you can do me a favor, go and subscribe, create a second YouTube account, connect it to your Google shit, subscribe again so I get those numbers up and it all fucking helps me, you know, because <laughs> so far I'm close to, I mean, I'm over 100 episodes if you include the ones with other people. Um, you know, I'm over 100 episodes and not one part of this I've been able to monetize. In fact, I've had to continue to spend money on this part of my business to keep it going on equipment and even backup stuff like different softwares and subscriptions so that I can edit these things. So <clears throat> not that the main priority of the podcast is to monetize it. At the same time, I definitely would like to think that there is some uh, corner of this you know, part of my business that can be monetized in the future because as much as I do enjoy doing it, it is also a, uh, it's a time thing as well. I put a lot of time into this and obviously in business time, you have to, you know, turn it into money, but also it's just, it's also cool that if I can turn this thing that I enjoy doing into another uh, income stream for my business, then fucking oath, watch me do it. Now, the first thing that I'm really grateful for, and I've been paying a lot of attention to this recently because I paid a lot of attention to it when I was growing up is I think finally we're starting to stop congratulating people for being fat. And I think that actually speaks to a greater thing that's happening in society. I think people are now, sorry, I think people are now starting to choose common sense rather than to follow a bandwagon. And while it's not necessarily common sense that it looks like to them, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to do my own thing, my own research and be independent. It is causing them to critically think, which is in turn making them kind of decide better decisions, I guess. And I think one of the really easy examples of this is like now when people are fat, like I get it, you know, that might have some fill in the blank of whatever bullshit you need to make yourself feel better for why you're fat. But at the end of the day, there are fundamental basics we know about the human anatomy and biology as to how you can not be that, you know, so you can you can do things that can actually not just affect how you look aesthetically, but your overall feeling in life can improve by doing a few very basic things that while they do take discipline and routine and structure, definitely attainable because you're a human and other humans have done them before. So I think it's really nice that, and look, I don't have a problem with, I don't have a problem with people being fat, okay? I've got a problem with people celebrating it because when people celebrate people being fat, that says to me that maybe two things, one or the other, or they're working in correlation, that you either look at something and don't believe what you instinctually feel, and also that you're going to be naive of real data and real facts and still say something out loud that contradicts that. So I can't trust you. Does that make sense? Like, oh, no, 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 they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Okay, cool, cool. But skinny version of them is uglier than what they are right now. Is that what you're saying? Like this fat person, if, if we get like, Two versions of this person, one is skinny and one is fat at the same time in their life. You're telling me the fat one is better? And yes, there's a small percentage of people out there that do find the fatter one more attractive. But for the sake of the conversation, 
you understand what I'm saying. All right? So I think it's cool to look around and start to see people critically thinking all of their life. And it's hard to do. It's extremely hard to do because it is one of those things that, I mean, I believe I'm an aware person who's been critically thinking as much as I possibly can for as long as possible, which started around the age of like 17, 18. That's a whole other story. Great story, but not for right now. And one thing that comes with beginning to critically think to activating your awareness is you realize that when you start asking questions about everything, that a lot of life is built up on assumptions and ideas that have carved tracks in your mind so much so that you can't see out of those tracks. Because when you critically think things, you realize that a lot of the answers, you don't really know. You just kind of guess this is the answer. Because when you keep critically thinking, you want to go, okay, well, why is that the case? Okay, how do I know that? Okay, what confirms that information? Okay, where did that confirmation come from? How can I trust this? So you can get pure, boiled down, hardcore facts that you can actually build parts of your character on top of. So when you start critically thinking everything, you realize you actually know nothing. And the feeling that I metaphorically relate it to the best is it feels like a fucking rug gets pulled from underneath you. It feels like actually the wildest thing because now everything that you've built up of what you know about your life and how you interact with the world around you and what that means to you and what the world and what you mean to the world that none of that really matters that everything that you thought so far was almost just like a practice run and with experience in being aware you kind of realize that you're continuously in that stage of not knowing anything but you're doing your very best to do a little bit better every time using real information and use facts moving forward. Now look, a lot of what I just said may have gone over your head, okay? And that's all good. That just means that, you know, like you haven't been thinking these thoughts yet. That's all that means. But if that made sense to you, then that kind of suggests that, okay, I've thought something similar to that. There's another human going through another experience that's obviously having some sort of outcome. And I'm kind of relating to that as well. And I'm understanding the elements it took for them to get there and I'm having similar results. So therefore, we're kind of on the same path. But for sure, I look around now and I see more people at least trying to be aware. And I think sometimes their awareness falls a little short. And I don't know whether that is... Um, sorry, I'm fucking... I'm a little bit puffed. I went out on Saturday night. And to be honest, I've felt like pure shit ever since I came home. But hey, I'm dealing with it. Second by second, I'm dealing with it, right? But... Sometimes when people fall a little bit short with their awareness and with their consciousness, I don't know it's because they're working with limited software and sometimes maybe even limited hardware because I think sometimes there is a capacity on a certain amount of awareness someone can achieve before their own, I guess it's still ego. So I'm not even going to say it's a hardware issue. It is definitely a software issue. People get to a certain point where their ego matches their awareness and they almost have to uh, double down on the fact that they're aware and in that process they become unaware because they're like observing themselves so interesting interesting I probably have spent most of my life in that stage and to be honest like I feel like my awareness is at a point now where like I had I had a moment this morning where I realized it was while I was praying actually this is crazy I realized that I want to grow old enough to see my family do better than me 
And that says two things. A, I'm starting to think about growing old, which I've never really taken seriously before. It's always just been like, oh yeah, if you make it, you make it, you don't, you don't. It seems like statistically it's a fucking luck game anyway. You know, the dude who never smokes is a guy who gets hit by a bus at fucking 37 years of age. But anyway, without going down that road, the whole point was I wanted to grow old and I wanted my offspring, I guess, to do better than me, which means that I'm not important it's the process that's important. It's making sure that I create the best possible platform for them to start off so that they can excel further than me. And I think a lot of conflict that is had between like, um, you know, not generations, more so like father and son is like getting to that point where like a father has to realize that his son is the evolution and the next step. And to be able to remove yourself from that whole process before it's even started, I'm not saying that I'm like, oh, fucking look at me. I'm just saying I, I said that out loud and then I realized about myself, like, fuck, man. Like, I actually I actually don't really care about how it, how it affects me and how, how things, like, how I kind of respond to it. All that matters is the purpose, is the thing keeps moving forward. And I've talked about this on the podcast before about the psyche of Mike Tyson you know, the limited bit that I know from the bits and pieces I've heard, but he was, um, <clears throat> part of his hypnosis training was believing that he wasn't important. The only thing that was important was the goal and the goal was to become the best heavyweight boxer or whatever it was. I'm sorry if I'm murdering that, but the essence of that is that it doesn't really matter what it looks like and what it feels like as long as at the end of the day, at the end of the week, we look at what's going on. It's like, right, we got from here to here. And to observe that generationally, to go like, right, we just need to be doing fucking better. And I don't know if that's making t-shirts and, and selling G-strings for you, whoever that, you know, my children, but whatever you do become, it needs to be fucking better than me. And for that to happen, I need to work so fucking hard right now, you know? And part of that working hard is remaining aware. Louis is like on the other side of the yard in the shadow looking at me. <laughs> She's so silly. Ah, oh, man. So... It is nice to look around in society and have this because I definitely felt growing up that there was an extreme lack of awareness and you could see this at the shopping centers, right? And you probably experience this now. You go to the shopping center, you go to the farmer's market or something and you know, you get your trolley, you know, you, you're very aware of like, oh, I'm a human and I take up this amount of space and my trolley takes up this amount of space. And I've known that because of the years of being me that I have under my belt. And probably the years of using a fucking trolley under my belt as well. I'm very aware of how this works. And also this ties into greater things like knowing your general spatial awareness. Like when you're driving your car that you drive every day, you should be able to back it into places. You should be able to pull around in tight gaps and know that your front bumper isn't going to hit anything. That's just part of like, I know it's a bit external of your body. It's something that has to be learned. But if you're at the point of traveling in a car, you should know how big that car is pretty much exactly. If you're getting, if you're in it all the time, you should exactly know how big it is, right? So when I was a teenager, when I was in my early 20s, I would realize that you go to the shopping center and you grab your trolley and you do the right thing, you know? You fucking, you walk around, you see someone coming, you pull your trolley in, you know, if someone's looking at something or if you want to look at something, right? This, this is a rule, okay? I don't know if you know this, but this is a rule. No one's written it down, but I'm telling you right now for free, okay? So like and subscribe. Here's the rule. You're at the aisle, you're in the aisle and you're looking in the section where, you know, the fucking, where the baking stuff is, where you can get the boxes of cakes and you go, hmm, I did want to get a cake, but now I see all of this selection. I want to make cupcakes instead. And there's ones with blue icing and there's one with white icing and option and option and option. 
So you stand back. Now, what you do is you actually get as close to the other aisle as, without fucking rubbing the cheeks on it. You just want to be up against the aisle so that if anybody comes, they can walk in between you and the shit you're looking at, right? Now, I know for a second this doesn't make sense because you're like, I'm not going to be able to see what I'm looking at because they're walking in front of me. But in reality, it's for less than half a second. So they walk past you and you can continue to observe. So yes, the mind does immediately go like, hmm, this doesn't make sense because they're going to be in my way. But also, the other version of that is you being extremely close to the side of the, the shit you're looking at. You're like up against it and you're like, you're like, you're not good. Go past me, bro. You're right. I'm just going to fucking, is that, is that, oh, it's a raspberry. It's a raspberry. Yeah, yeah. Right. So this is a rule. You don't stand in the middle. You don't let your trolley go fucking horizontal, right? You don't let it fucking, that I shouldn't be able to see the front of your trolley. When I'm coming up behind you, the only thing I should see is your fucking ugly ass in the back of the trolley. It should never be on an angle. It should never be facing the other way because you're doing it all wrong unless you're fucking coming from the other way and you've walked around the front of it. Situational, right? But I should never see the side of your trolley because that means that you think you're so fucking important that you can take up more than like, because at that point, you're like 40%, 50% of the aisle. So if I'm coming past on my trolley and I'm trying to fucking, I don't know, navigate my, my missus and trying to trip her up at the same time as I try to do when I go shopping, I now can't do that because of your ignorance. Lack of awareness. Because do you not know how big your trolley is? Do you not know what it's like to be someone else and have to experience that because maybe you've experienced before and you can cross correlate those things? Or do you just think you're the fucking main character? Because if you think you're the main character, you're a shit one. You're in some Bollywood fucking ridiculous thing with just a continuous musical in the background that no one's ever fucking watching, but you think is super important, right? Probably the sort of person that talks really loud on your mobile phone while you're having a conversation. You're looking around to see if anyone's looking at you, listening to what you're fucking talking about, that no one cares. Yeah, no, I fucking... I told him, I fucking, oh, I fucking, I told him, yeah. I'm sure you told him, man. Why don't you go tell him fucking outside so we don't have to listen to you, right? And like simple, man. I know these are simple things, but the point is that most of life is simple. We complicate it trying to simplify it, right? A lot of life is simple. Just fucking be good and be good in a way that you can observe the situations that you're in and you can adjust your performance so that you don't do bad things to other people that you've experienced, but it's like people use their bad experiences now that complete fucking strangers caused to go be a bad person to complete strangers. And look, sure, sure, I've wanted to fucking break some side windows off cars because of road range lately. And that's completely stranger based. And yes, it's out of some sort of like lack of awareness, ignorance, or just complete fucking arrogance sometimes. But that is also life. That's part of being on the road. That's what happens sometimes to everyone, right? This stuff here that I'm talking about, where this like, where awareness really kind of like matters is like in the subconscious part of your life where things are just happening around you and you're responding to them. And everybody, I feel like, I feel like everybody has this feeling where like, oh, you know, I just get so fucking angry or I get so jealous or, you know, they, they talk about how them personally, they experience these particular emotions so severely that it must be their characteristic and no one else feels that. I think... The reality is that a lot of people, mainly everyone, <laughs> feels emotions, right? And it's just how aware of these emotions that we're feeling and how we navigate them and how we fuel them into what's going on in our life. 
that determines our character. So sure, you're the guy who gets really angry. He's fucking like, I didn't clock that, can't I? But also, you're unlucky that you're at the point where like, they changed you. Again, the thing is a Mike Tyson quote, never let someone that you hate change you, right? Because then you change because of them. You're going to do something, they did something, and then you're going to change what you're going to do because of them. Well, if they did something negative to you, why would you fucking observe them? And look, man, I'll, I'll be honest. This is coming from a place where like, I had an uncomfortable conversation with some people that I genuinely cons- uh, like considered to be, I don't want to say mentors because I haven't really got any information off them before, but in a way, kind of heroes. They're like role models, you know? <clears throat> and I just had a conversation with them that I didn't think was going to go the way that I thought it was going to go. And one of the things they attacked was my awareness. And I fucking hurt. <laughs> It hurt the same way someone attacked my awareness when I was 17 and I realized I had none of it. And there's something to that that makes me feel like they might be right. Because that's part of being aware. Is to not think that you're better than that opinion in that moment and go, oh, they're wrong because I know I'm aware. Unfortunately, it makes you go back to the drawing board. It makes you look at all those formulas and look at fucking has anything been missed here? Are they right? Am I not aware? So, I've been asking myself. I've been questioning. I've been pushing the corners. Unfortunately, when you're doing this after having a night on the piss, all you can feel is just bloody extreme shame and like, I don't think even shame is the right word. You just feel like negative. You just feel bad. You feel like you're looking at the ne- the, the worser of the two scenarios in every situation that you look at. But, I mean, it's only Monday morning and usually I don't like talking about these things or even really observing what I've felt until it's been a good week. Because realistically, then you know how you feel. Because if you're still feeling something in a week's time, then bro, it's probably something. Man, I'm, I'm literally still hungover from the weekend, you know? But it's fun. You know why? Because I'm human. And I'm sure as you're a human, you've probably been here before maybe questioning even just your performance on a night out where you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, I probably shouldn't have gone here. I probably shouldn't have done this. It's all part of the human experience. And in that, I think that's probably one of the times we feel the most aware is when we're hungover because we're so observant of everything that has happened and is happening because we're forced to because we are withdrawing from intoxicants, mainly alcohol, which of course is the most toxic of most of the intoxicants right but it's cool because it's it's cool because everyone does it and so i don't really mind you know like slightly fucking poisoning myself on a saturday night in the name of everyone else doing it as well because if everyone was jumping off a cliff i would too right probably nah so i'm not going to say anything more about it but i definitely am in a situation where I've just kind of taken a moment to really like think about my, well, my first thing always is when someone says something to you that's good or bad, you first have to say, who's telling me this and why am I valuing what they're saying? What value do they bring to the app, up to the atmosphere, to the situation? Because if someone who has been doing business for 10 years in the thing that I'm doing and has heaps of success comes to me and says, you know, you're doing really well. It's like, well, that person knows what the indicators are. I'm going to respect that person. But if someone comes up to me at a festival with their eyes rolling around, they're like, your business is fucked, man. Like, <coughs> street X is better. You'd be like, hey, that's cool, man. 
I respect that. But also, and by the way, that's not a dig at Straight X. Straight X fucking slaps, man. So, obviously, the first thing I had to do was like, you know, do I do I value where this is coming from? And I fucking do. Because at the end of the day, these uh, these gentlemen, are, they, they do what I do better in a fucking much bigger scale and in a much fucking... Uh, what would you call it? In a much more profitable way, you know, like that we're doing completely different things as far as the product, but in essence, our business is in the same sector and they are doing extremely well. Now, look, it really fucking upset me, the, the conversation, mainly because I felt like, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to air my dirty laundry. This is what I fucking keep doing. You know what I do? Something happens to me in the week and then I go bitch about it on my podcast and re- realistically it does good things because people watch it because of it but then i've got to deal with the blowback of people having their interpretation of something that i'm responding to that happened during the week like fuck man just shut up i recorded a podcast last week and i got to the end of it and i'm like oh well i can't post it can i i can't post it i don't know maybe said four things in four different areas you're just like why the fuck would you say that on camera hey all good it's all good but i just gotta fucking get better whoo but I don't even know if I have to get more aware, man. This is the thing. Like, I know I said I wasn't going to say anything more about it, but here we are. This is the thing. They're at a point where like they, they, they were yelling at me in a club one after the other saying that I need to be more aware, that I need to be more conscious, that my goals weren't big enough, that I don't take my business serious enough. Like, I, I know me. I know me. And everything that I just said now was basically saying that people without awareness make a lot of assumptions. And it's like everything they said was an assumption about me because when I, in the moment, question myself, I mean, there's some things that after you've done them every fucking day for 18 months, when you've actively made a decision to be not better, but the best. When you pray every fucking morning, right as you wake up, making sure that you isolate exactly what you're trying to achieve and you get yourself started on that note and you don't stop until, for me, Larissa tells me to stop at 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. Hey, come on, it's time for us to do our thing. Right? When I've done that every fucking day for so long and I see such continuous results and realistically, 99.5% of the people who speak to me and give me any sort of feedback, give me positive feedback about how much it's grown, how much things are happening, which they are. So when like, I got told I don't, don't take my business seriously enough, that I don't set my goals big enough, that I, I just understood that, well, you don't know who you're talking to. Maybe you have an idea of who I am. Maybe you have an idea of what you've seen. And I suggested that maybe you haven't researched my business. And then they told me, why would we research your business? I think in the same breath, they told me that I should be researching other businesses. Man, it's just one of those things where I feel like there is a part of being aware that certainly involves communication and understanding how you're being interpreted. Now, I was giving very clear signs of probably being uncomfortable because I was. I felt embarrassed. And it's hard to feel when you're a one-man team. And I am in this business. I really am a one-man team. Larissa helps me a lot. But at the end of the day, I was I was at this place by myself. When I left this conversation, I went home by myself. You know, I got a ride by myself. <laughs> Being told that you don't take your shit seriously and by people who you fucking look up to, dude. This is some don't meet your hero shit. It was crazy. It was demoralizing. It made me feel like pure shit. And after having such a good time, and this is just a fucking, this is the cherry, man. Like it doesn't matter about this. I'm just saying this, but I'd had such a good time up until that moment. And I thought the time was only getting better because it was like no fucking way. 
am I on the piss at fucking one o'clock in the morning and talking to some people that I consider to be idols? You know, like sometimes these are the conversations that completely change your life, your business, how you look at things. And it did, but just fucking like a kick to the nuts rather than a kiss on the cheek. It was crazy. <laughs> and honestly, I'm only at a point now where I feel some sort of I don't feel, I believe a confidence that can carry me through this because I have critically thought it and I have gone through the fucking ring of trying to figure out exactly how I feel about it. But man, at the time, it's just, I don't know whether they're right or have a lack of awareness, have a lack of awareness. And I feel like to not understand that, like, especially in that situation, when you appreciate your own business, you know, and understand what goes into it, then never assume you know someone else's business because they are also unique. And how that person emotionally attaches themselves to their business or like, you know, even physically drives that business, like never, never guess that you know. And also, side note, if the dude documents every movie makes on, on Instagram and on YouTube and makes a podcast and has guests and runs events and does heaps of things like if all that is available for you to check at a moment's notice on instagram probably check it before you say anything's out loud because if 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 there's all the fucking evidence to back up that that's not the case then why would you want to put yourself in that situation man fucking hurt my feelings that's all hey it hurt my feelings and that's okay because i'm six foot four and a fucking 29 year old man who got his feelings hurt and I'm not bitching about it. I'm not saying that anyone's right or wrong. I'm just saying how I feel. I'm saying how I fucking took it on board, right? Man, I know my shit's getting long enough now because you know I cut my beard on my story and oh, there was a clear line in the sand and people either fucking liked it, like loved it or hated it. And I was probably in the basket of hating it. Everyone's like, oh, you look younger. And that's not what I'm going for. I'm not going to look younger. I'm trying to look like the best possible version of me. And that's not having a beard, right? I feel like people who like it, they're just like, oh, it makes, it reminds me of a younger you and that reminds them of a younger themselves, you know? So egotistically, oh yeah, it looks nice and because, you know, hey, hey, hey. But I know it's, I know it's like, well, I had to trim my upper lip the other day. So I know it is getting to a point now where it's like, you know, we can talk about it. But also, you know, like when you fucking, you cook eggs and you cook them like sunny side up. So I've been doing this thing lately where, I'll cook eggs and you cook them sunny side up. And when they're about half done, I just turn the pan off and leave them and then I'll do the toast. And then by the time you come back, the heat in the pan has like cooked them the whole way through, but the, the yolk is still runny, but it's got like a, a case on it. So you can transfer. And that's all, by the way, that's not because I like to eat it like that. That's because that creates the most easily transportable egg from the pan to the, to the shit, you know? Like I don't want to have an accident between that stage and eating it right i want the experience of the egg the egg looking how it's meant to look be there before i start eating it man if you break a yolk on the way to the bread on the way to the toast just fucking shoot me you know it's it's like we got so close and then you look at that beautiful yolk just running all over the fucking board or the plate or whatever and you're like sure you can mop it up later on you're like sure i can have the experience the way that i want it you know so I make these active small steps in my life to make sure that I can get the most out of my eggs and toast in the morning. And hey, hey, don't be jealous of me because you can do that too. 
you can employ these little tactics within yourself, like little biohacks in your own life where you, you get better results day by day, incrementally moving forward until one day you're just like basically a fucking god, you know? A, a just a pure fucking purple hazy aura just surrounds your whole body at all times as you walk indoors there's just fucking church music playing just soft fucking just soft notes on the uh, organ you know just as you walk through doors people pay attention to, to you as you begin to talk because you've just been trying to get better every day basically even i went too far i went too far the point of the matter is what I do is I get these eggs <clears throat> and I'll cook four eggs, two pieces of bread, two eggs per toast. And then because I know, uh, okay, now I'm, I, I, this is, this sounds OCD. Okay. So then what I like to do is I like to suck the yolk out of the egg because I want the yolk. This is all about the yolk. I think about it now. This is, this is not about the transport. It's 50% about the transport and it's 50% about, you know, securing the yolk you know, like locking the yolk. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll breach the egg yolk with my lips and I'll suck the yolk out. And that's a little gift for me. That's four little gifts for me because I just did all the hard work and I cook my own breakfast. You know, usually Louis about fucking one and a half foot away, just making direct eye contact with me the entire time. So I'm just down there. I'm fucking motorboating these eggs. Just get me some yolk, you know? Now the trick is with this, and this only comes after years of experience of sucking yolk right? You got to leave a little bit for the, for the, for the experience. You know what I mean? Because if you don't leave enough and, and understand there's a layer of onion chutney and cheese between the egg and the toast. And also you got to time the shit right as well. So you still got enough heat in the egg that it melts the cheese a little bit, right? So you still need a little bit of yolk for all this because you're going to be running dry if you just, uh, I mean, sometimes I'm a little bit too generous, generous with the onion chutney, Mostly it's the end of the week, you know, because you start getting excited. You're like, oh, I deserve this. You know, I lasted those first three days of the week. I'm just going to, you know, generous fucking. In that case, you can go hard on the yolk. But your general, average, run-of-the-mill breakfast, you really need to leave about a quarter of that yolk behind because you get a little bit of the yolk and then there's also going to be a little bit of yolk chilling on the board. And that's for Louie, right? Because I'm a family man. That's for Louie. And I'll make her wait for it for a minute or so. I'll put it on the ground. I'm like, mm, just chill. Just look at it for a bit. And then I'll let her eat the yolk. And then she'll clean that up for me. And then you can just chuck that board straight away because Louie does not leave fucking anything behind. It's crazy. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if you fucking went to someone's house <laughs> and they just gave the fucking breadboard to the dog and the dog's like, finish up. They're like, yeah. It's just like wipe. Oh my god! If they wiped it with the tea towel and then put it away, that'd be fucking nuts. <laughs> I'm gonna do that to someone who comes around because that is like, yeah, no, stay the night and do heaps of shit on the breadboard the night before, and then do the dishes while they're not looking, right? So like cut meat and shit on it, and then oh. No, it's too far. I was going to say, you could like put those two ideas together. You could cut meat on the board and then put it on the ground, let the dog lick it. And you're like, oh, that's all good. Rub it with a towel and then put the board back. Dude, This would that would be like a week-long project for me because I would do that and we'd all laugh and we'd have a great time. And I'm like, now I've got to fucking get methylated spirits out and clean down like the handle that the towel goes on and like deep wash the fucking towel. I know you don't need to do all this. But the thing is, when you're striving for perfection, unfortunately, you're staring directly at the sun and you don't have any choice. 
Whatever the task is, you've got to do it properly. Now let's take this absolutely fucking made up situation of wiping down a board that I've cut chicken on and let Louie lick, right? And then I've put that towel to one side. Now, right, okay? Completely made up situation. The towel is hanging on the handle on the oven, right? You can see it in your head with me now. Chicken, cutting up, dog licked it. I've got the towel, I've wiped the board and I put the board away next to the other breadboards and I put the fucking, the towel on the handle, on the oven, visualize. I would have to clean every part of the kitchen just to make sure that if any of us got sick in the next week or so, that it definitely wasn't that, you know? Because fun is fun, but if fun is at the cost of like having a burning asshole, you know, and throwing up at the same time, that's not fun, you know? Like, that's not fun. It doesn't matter how hard you laughed. I don't want that. And of course, this is just a crazy made-up situation. It's probably not even the best metaphorical situation I could use. But that's just like, well, I know I could just run over it with some Ajax spray and wipe, clean the other breadboards, give the bench a wipe down all the rest. But you're doing more of a clean than you, than you would have done anyway. So why don't you do all of the clean? Why don't you mop the floor while you're here? You know, some. this is the thing. It's like, like, you know, people who sweep the floor and then they sweep it into a corner and then they leave the broom over the pile that they made. Now, look, I'm not saying this because Larissa did it the other day, because to be honest with you, that's the first time I've ever seen her do it, which obviously as a non-assuming, critically aware person, I thought, you know what? Something's obviously happened and she's gone, da, da, da. That gets it mainly cleaned up, but I'll sort that out later. Or if someone else comes along, they can clean that up for me because in reality, that's an easy job and it takes 30 seconds and it's not a big deal and they probably live here as well and also pay rent so they can fucking do it anyway, you know? And I, I know it sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but that's the reality of what happened, you know? But there are some people that just always sweep to the corner and then leave the broom over it, you know? Like, hey, when you wipe your ass, how much shit do you leave behind? Do you leave the toilet paper laying around as well? Because remember, how you do anything is how you do everything, right? So, when we're sweeping up, well, let's sweep all the shit up. Is the floor actually in need of a mop? Oh, well, I'm going to mop it in three weeks. Well, in three weeks, we could have mopped it twice by then, or we could have mopped it just once at the end. And this is the thing. When you start doing shit like that, let's talk about it. Let's break it down, okay? I don't clean up every day. I just clean up once every two weeks. So, that means that cleanliness is a pinnacle for you. It's not an expectation. It's not a standard, right? Because, sure. I can understand that you can take my argument and use it against me to say that I'm not being clean enough and living by my own rules. And you know what? I agree. Because it comes a certain time and point where you have to be realistic and you have to be time aware and you have to be sensible about the decisions you make and actually, you know, go, okay, I, obviously I would love to repaint the house if we're actually going to clean it, but that doesn't make sense because that's crazy, Okay. But if you're having that discussion, that means that we don't have a problem. The discussion that I'm having is people who go like, oh, I don't need to make my bed because I'm just going to messy it up again tonight. Yeah, you piece of shit. That's what you are. And that's fine. That's fine. You be a piece of shit. But you're not having the same conversation as me. You know? Now, why would I do all the dishes twice a day? Well, I don't know, because then you've got access to all of your dishes all the time. That you can live so fucking radically that... If you get the first spoon out, like, dude, this is how I live, right? This is the benefit of being slightly OCD. And you know what? I'm not OCD. 
I'm not OCD. I'm not ADD. I'm not ADHD. I'm not autistic. I'm someone who, whatever the fuck is going on, I'm making it work, okay? Whatever that is called, whatever that diagnosis is, I think there was, man, what's the fucking, oh, I forget the name of the doctor, but he basically said it's being a mad cunt. So I guess I'm just a mad cunt who just gets things done, right? But here's, here's I, don't even, I don't even remember the benefit of what, what I was going to talk about, okay? Fuck me. Oh, that's what it was, right? So this is the thing. When you do the dishes all the time, right? So, oh, they just need to be done, do them, you know? I've got a little routine. I put my pink rubber gloves on, turn the water on as hot as it can go, and I fucking rip into it, right? Right? I'm like a bot. I just get it done. I don't even think about what I'm doing. I just get it done. I just get it done twice a day, if that, three times a day, if that's what it takes. But then <clears throat> I'll, go to, I'll go to eat, right? And I might... I might decide to have, you know, half a dozen, maybe a dozen, maybe two dozen spoonfuls of yogurt out of the one liter yogurt tub. So <clears throat> I'll uh, yeah, I'll get the first spoon and I might have a couple spoonfuls and I might sit that spoon down at the sink because not an animal. And then I'll get a different shaped spoon because I like to use different shaped spoons, right? So I'll get a different shaped spoon. You know, sometimes you might go from like, a teaspoon's more of a sugar spoon, you know, get a bit more, bit more of a hip on it. And then sometimes I'll mix it right up to a soup spoon because I just want yogurt, you know? And that's the thing. Like, it's fun to use small spoons because to every like one big spoon, you get three small spoons. You're like, this experience lasts longer, you know? Dopamine addict. But the point that I'm making is, is I am frivolous with my utensil use because I'm not scared of doing the dishes right? And also, I do not ever go to make something and go, oh, I won't make that because that pot's dirty. Or I won't make that because it requires four bowls and there's only one clean. You know why? Because I'm not a bitch. Because I get it done. Because my standard of living is somewhere reasonable. That's all it is. And look, I'm not even bragging. I'm just, I'm literally just talking at this point. I'm literally on a technical level this is all just talk. Okay? Man, the shit I said last week was crazy. It wasn't even... It was just... I don't even know if just like lately I've been a little bit negative. You know? I think... And I, I, I try not to fucking break too much of the fourth wall with what's going on with Black Ink, but at the same time, I really appreciate having this kind of video log for it. So, and I know I've said that millions of times. So again, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm sorry, I've apologized for it before as well, but fuck you. So the one thing that I find with the, the Black Ink workload and the experience is it's constantly changing. And as someone who really does like structure and routine, I feel like I'm constantly trying to build structures that I know are only going to last six weeks. And I think the bigger part of me loves that. I think the constant change is really like, oh, I'm always stimulated. I'm always excited to go in this direction, that direction, you know, like really focus like emotionally and like deeply on this job and get it done really well. And then move that shift, like shift that focus to another job that's kind of maybe a bit similar, but it's something else. And then you get to really you know, sink your teeth into that and get good at that and understand that. And then use the knowledge that you've used from all these individual jobs, moving on to the new jobs. But at the same time, sometimes I feel so overwhelmed by all the constant learning, um, all the all the constant learning curves in different areas and having to be good at decision making in different things. So 
I think sometimes I get a little bit overwhelmed and think I'm just not doing enough. And I know that seems crazy. Most probably that seems crazy to a lot of people who, to, to you maybe, because you I talk about what I'm doing all the time and I'm always talking about these different things and hopefully I, I have some sort of interesting narrative going on that seems from the outside like it's very like fireworks and it is like fireworks but sometimes when you live in fireworks all the time you get sore ears and those sore ears make you uncomfortable and that uncomfortability turns you into an asshole you know and that's what I've been doing lately I even noticed just recently uh you know like one time Riz and I were having a morning together and you know she turned around she said hey just by the way I don't seem to be able to fucking do anything right this morning by you hey and I was like you know what I was actually thinking that in the shower this morning. I am, and not saying that she couldn't do anything right. It was that I couldn't see any the good in anything. That it was, oh, this, oh, it must be fucking the rest. Oh, blah, 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 you know? And that's something that using that awareness that I was talking about before, you have to reel back in and instantly go, hey, hey, regardless of fucking whatever you're feeling or what's going on, you live with someone. And more importantly, you love someone. So how's about focusing on loving them rather than letting them be the boxing bag? right? And I'm sure we're all guilty of this in our own particular way. I just, unfortunately, I am structured in that I do that verbally and I have some sort of ability to make it fucking be really nasty. And you know, like I don't, I don't appreciate that about myself. So it's kind of cool in that moment to be able to have someone that A says, Hey dude, how's about fucking look in the mirror and two realizing that, okay, something's happening because this isn't me. This isn't how I operate. This isn't how I communicate. And I think I just get a little bit overwhelmed about all the things happening in my life. This doesn't justify how I treat Larissa in those moments either. I'm just saying that this was an indicator that I had to look around and go, okay, okay, bud, what's up? Why are you upset? You know, and sometimes that does take going for a ride with no music and just spinning those fucking pedals until something happens or sitting on the couch and just looking at the wall until you go, oh, this is really bothering me. And usually it's the thing in the background that's saying, I need to be done. I need to be done. You know, that particular client or that particular job or that particular thing that you're trying to achieve that you haven't quite got there yet or you haven't started. And for me, I think at the moment, it's just, I mean, fuck man, there's like 10 answers I can't say on the podcast, of course. But I think one of the major contributors is that Black Ink is actually growing into into something that demands a lot of me is very exciting, but is also very thirsty for energy. Like it's really like I have to be really careful about how I disperse my energy because there is a lot of opportunities within black ink at the moment that are fruitless. And there's a few of them that are really good that I need to focus on and get good at focusing on those. And I think the understanding of that to begin with is really taxing on me and it causes me to be overall negative to people sometimes. But also, it's the the learning curve again. It's that thinking like, fuck, there's this whole new element to business that I now have to be aware of. And I have to be um, considerate of myself and how much I can actually achieve because that in turn determines my value that I have to offer people. Because if I say to you, I can do this, and you go, sweet, Jake can do that. He's, everything he said that he can do, he does. And then I don't do that. Well, that fucks up my character. That fucks up my business. And if that comes from me not having the awareness to go, oh, yeah, I can do that. Sure, you can do it theoretically, but you've just said you can do 15 other things to 15 other people this morning and you haven't got the shit done from yesterday you said you were going to do and you've been doing this shit for years. That can't be me. 
So now I'm trying to be disciplined in not only like obviously the jobs that you take on, but discipline in the relationships that I maintain because and I, this sounds there, there is a there is a particular perspective here that sounds gross where it says like well you only maintain the things that benefit you um fucking yes that's not business that's life don't hang around with shit that doesn't help you grow right so now when i go right this person wants to talk on the phone okay i have 10 minutes for you i have 10 minutes or this person wants to talk on the phone i have an hour for you i certainly do right? Because this person over here wants to talk about the footy or fucking whatever, cool, 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 very cool. But this person over here has a business or this person over here believes in what I'm doing or this person over here. I mean, if this person over here is related to me and I love them and I respect them, then I give them that hour because I have time for them because that fuels me emotionally as well. Obviously, that sounds like it's egotistical and all for me. Yes, it is all for me because we're human and we do everything for ourselves. Even when you say, I love you to someone, you're not even telling them anything about themselves. You're telling them that they make you feel a particular way. You selfish prick, you know? Dude. Business is just crazy. And it's just different. And it's fun. It's cool. But it's just different. So I did want to post that podcast last week because I said a lot of things that I wanted to say and not even that they're aggressive. It's just, you know, messages that I want to communicate with my community. But I think the, 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 the like three or four times that I had a real fucking like snap at myself in the camera and it was like, it was probably funny and it probably made good content. I just didn't believe in it. I didn't believe that I was upset. I didn't believe that even if I was upset that I was communicating it properly. You know, I think there is space for being realistic and saying like, as I have right now, I told you, I feel like I fucking, and I, it's funny, you know, this is always the terminology that I use in these situations. And I think maybe it doesn't describe it right, but in a way it, it certainly does ring true that it fucking broke my heart in a way, you know, I, I just thought that I thought that maybe they took me as seriously as I took them. And obviously because I don't have the results or because I don't have the following or something that that wasn't the case, you know? And it broke my heart. That's okay. That's okay. Because you're not going to have a good time all the time. (laughs) But yeah, there's some negativity as well that I don't want to come across as just a fucking dickhead with a podcast that's taking advantage of people listening either. So, hey man, it's all fun. Now, the point that I was making about the eggs is I know my beard is getting long enough now because when I suck the yolk out of the the eggs, I get fucking yolk in my beard. And that's something that used to piss me off every time I did it, every morning. I mean, dude, come on. You look like I've just gone down on fucking Marge Simpson or something. I got all the beard and like all the fucking... And dude, they're, they're farm fresh eggs. Like they're literally from my dad's chook's assholes. So they're like real eggs. And you've got all the, the golden fucking beautiful colors just just embedded in your beard and you're just like hey 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 you know hey what the fuck so i gotta go wash it out all the time and that was part of the that was part of like that's not that's not the reason that you shave your beard but that happens and then you've got a reason to shave your beard you know you've always been like oh i kind of will maybe you know i masturbate with the idea a little bit but then one day just like that happens you're like hey guess what i'm doing today guys i'm shaving my beard and you go, you don't even wash the egg out of it. You just shave it off, right? So when I shaved my beard off, funnily enough, that's when I realized like, oh, 
I'd rather have egg in my beard than have no beard at all, okay? I would rather have egg in my beard than look like a weird fucking hairless, like, I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, right? But your boy's hairless, okay? Like, I brought, I grow about 16 armpit hairs in total. I started growing pubes when I was about fucking 28, right? I am a hairless person for some reason, a genetic freak, you know? I don't quite have the aura yet, but I'm on my way. So when I don't have a beard, that's why I look like a child who's been tattooed, right? That's why I'm like, oh, you remind me of a younger you. Yeah, like a 14-year-old me, right? Dude, I'd rather have egg in my beard than look like a tattooed 14-year-old, okay? Oh, but look, before I sign out, a little bit of an update with what's been going on. Freestyle Kings over the weekend was absolutely crazy. Jake Holloway, Muggins, and all the rest of the crew did an absolutely fucking amazing job at throwing a brilliant show, a fucking awesome setup. And like, as far as an event goes, it was super inspirational for me to look around and go like, okay, cool. There's a new ceiling on what can be achieved with an event. Because these guys had a sold out show of 10,000 people on an average of like $90 spend each for tickets, right? So... 10,000 times 90, is that, well, 1,000 times 90 is 90,000, so that's, like 900, is that 900,000, I don't even know, I don't even know, hey, 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 I don't even know, but then they had two merch stores that were selling $50 hats, $50 shirts, and $70 hoodies, now that doesn't make sense, okay? Because your hat shouldn't be as much as your shirt and that's all good. You're like, hey, what do I know about retail? Absolutely nothing. I know about my stuff on my store, but the hat was ridiculously good quality and the shirt was just a shirt with a one color print on it. Fucking gangster, I love their work. They would have made heaps of money. They put on a good show, made it really memorable and they let people take something home that's gonna remember them. Fucking fantastic, okay? Now, my little plan to take up a, a videographer and someone to party with me and get a hotel room didn't quite come to fruition. Probably my fault because I was too rigid with my plan. I wasn't flexible enough with the with the whole journey of everything. But as it turns out, I had a great time. Well, besides being fucking demoralized. Not demoralized. That's fucking, hey, hey, get your hand off it. I wasn't demoralized. I guess besides having a less, desirable, less than desirable conversation with people that I've considered to be role models before that conversation. So... And look, you know what? In a way, in a way, I, I appreciate it. I know I'm talking about it some more, but we're fucking here, okay? We're here. You've already got your seatbelt on. Just shut the fuck up, okay? I appreciate it because now I'm having this conversation with myself. I'm, I'm, I'm checking myself. And in essence, that's what they were asking me to do. Do you take your shit seriously? You know? Do, do you fucking, like, they were telling me how they fucking haven't you know, like done anything social at it, whatever for a long amount of time. And it's like, I have to ask myself, like, do I, am I too social? Do I do, you know, should I be packing boxes or I, whatever. But the point is, I believe that that conversation happened for a reason to begin with. And on top of that, I am having that conversation with myself, checking myself so that I can sit here on camera and say that I am aware. Does that mean I'm a good actor? Or does that mean I'm conscious? Hmm. But the Freestyle King show was absolutely awesome. We're still working towards step-by-step. Step. We're working towards this Black Ink train, uh, team building day, which is going to be fucking crazy. I'm not telling too much because I still want it to be a surprise for the people who actually book it. But just to recap, it is a Black Ink team building day where there is going to, going to be 12 people present. 
Out of those 12 people, nine of them are going to be guests because we're going to have one driver, one videographer and myself, which leaves nine positions available on the limo that is going to be transporting us around. Now, we're all going to be picked up either in Bunbury or in Perth, depending on where you live. We're going to be doing three different activities slash experiences in Perth. And in the middle of that, we're going to be having drinks and lunch at a place that is already designated and organized. Right. This is going to cost about $500 per person. And you're thinking, Jake, $500 per person. What are we going to fucking hire escorts or something? Hey, we might. We Hey, hey, we might. That's why it costs $500 because this shit's going to be wild. Because I'm trying to create memorable experiences for my customers. And that does come at a cost. Right? I'd do this shit for free if I could afford to do it for you. But I, I simply can't. Okay? But what I can do is I can organize this shit. I can make things so fucking unbelievable if we do work together. I believe so. So the Black Ink Team Building Day is going to be happening sometime in the next two months. The transport has been organized. A few of the things that's going to happen during the day have been organized. All of it is a secret because on the day, I want these people to be have their fucking... I don't want their hair blown back. I want their hair ripped out, okay? I just want them... I, I literally want to fucking de-glove their whole body, right? I just want them to disintegrate in a nuclear holocaust of fucking awesomeness, okay? This is what I want. So if you want to be a part of that, reach out, DM, let me know. I'll put your name on the list. And then once I've got that list full, we can lock in that day. We can start having some fun. You understand? So the Black Ink Team Building Day is something that's coming up. It's going to be heaps of fun. I'm puffed again, okay, because I forget to breathe. I get excited. Start rubbing my legs and shit when I get really excited. That's when I know I'm on something that's going to fucking bang, you know? <sighs> okay, another, another and my last idea that I'm going to share with you today is the Black Ink Coffee Table Book. Now, I'm not sure if I brought this up on the podcast before or if I just said it in last week's podcast and then didn't upload it. But my plan is to make like a 50, no, 20 to 50 page book that, you know, is about a four square, I don't know, you know, about nyarish big. You know, if you're just listening, it's about that big, if that helps at all. Yeah, I see what I did. I did the same thing twice. So this book is going to be probably about 60% photo and 40% text. And what I'm going to do is accumulate as many photos as I can. I've already actually started this process and I'm going to start a little bit of laying out what it's going to look like. But basically, it's going to give you a detailed, well, a reasonably detailed history of black ink. This is going to go from before the coffee van was even labeled as black ink when it started as Cappuccino Express and go the whole way through transforming from a coffee van into a coffee van and a, and a clothing brand. And then the sale of the brand, what I did in between that and the revamp, which includes the fish finders. And then once the revamp happened, everything that's happened between then and now, we mainly be focusing on all of the releases that happened, that have happened, the events that have happened, things that people have like got together and made happen. And also the like actual progress of the business, like where the, where the indicators are. So it's like at this point, we bought this piece of equipment and that allowed X, Y, Z. And then at this point, we bought this piece of equipment, which led to this, this, and this. So I'm very excited to release that. I have a feeling that that's going to be a, a like a. I'm just excited as like a, a for a, as a project. I'm excited, and as a product for the community, I'm excited because I feel like it's something that obviously will be great the first time you read it. But I think that's something that in ten years that's going to be even better to read as well. Because fortunately, this whole journey started in the midst of social media, so everything's been recorded, everything's been taken photos, and everything's been saved. So accumulating all this stuff is actually quite easy. The hard part is just how that book is going to look. But I'm going to let you in a little secret. I've been waiting my whole life to write a book. And in fact, 
I've probably been practicing most of my adult life writing a book. So I'm so excited once all these pictures are collaborated in order, looking sexy, to go through and start making all of those, um, I guess, transcripts you call them, or all of those like pieces of writing just to like match all the photos and go in the pages and lay everything out. I'm super excited. It's, it's a very big project. But to be honest with you, I'm going to do what I can with what I've got in a time frame because I believe that this is one of those projects that no matter how happy I am with it, I'm always going to be happier with it if I spend more time on it. So what I want to do is give myself a time period. I've already got a rough idea in mind. And I think that idea is fucking way too ambitious. So I'm I'm writing it in pencil, but I'm setting this goal of getting it done in I don't even want to say. I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm just going to keep it to myself for now. But the idea being that because I know I've got that in mind, I go, right, where I would spend another two weeks doing this particular part, I'm going to get that done in two days. And then I'm just going to move on to the next bit that I would have liked to have spent a month doing, but I'm going to get that done in four days. And then that way at the end of it, even if it's super rough and it is a shitty first draft, at least I've got something to look at rather than being in the second week of that fucking first step and being caught up on all these ideas. Because I mean, like most projects, most of the time you're better off just to, unless you've done it before and you've got a really good idea of how that schedule needs to look, you're better off just getting everything done as quick as possible before the deadline and then going, right, what doesn't work? What needs work? What looks good? And then just apply yourself to the areas that make sense. So who knows? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll publish a heap of books. Maybe this will be the only book that I publish. But regardless, it is something that's going to happen. It's something that's going to happen before the end of the year. So that's one thing that is on my radar and I'm actively working towards. So if that sounds good to you, make sure you keep your eyes and ears out on all of my social media channels so that you can see the progress. Um, and also, if you want to get yourself a copy of that, you can get yourself a copy of that. Now, the good thing about that is once it is actually created, there will be a time period between then and when the books are released. So that's probably going to be about a three, four week window. So if you are dead keen on securing one of those books, I'm going to be doing a pre-sale as soon as I go into publishing. And then there'll be some sort of, you know, you probably get something for buying the pre-sale as well. It'll cost the same amount as a book when it comes to release, but I might throw in, I don't even know what I'm going to throw in. I might sign the cover or something or a dick pic or something cool, you know? So, and look, there's a limited supply of dick pics, so get in fast. If you haven't already, jump on all of my social media pages, like, subscribe, follow, share, send to someone, save, fucking download it and put it in a folder for later. Do whatever you need to do. Be good to your mum because I am fucking out. Yeah!